We are now recording. All right. I'm going to go silent, and then we're going to rock. Welcome, everyone, back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and we are coming to you Friday afternoon. We have just watched UCLA's uh i don't know i i don't even know if you would call it the last practice of fall camp it's not really it's not really fall camp anymore they were uh in scout team jerseys it's game prep tracy pearson tracy how are you hey dave i'm okay it sounded like you like just had a colonoscopy when during the ucla when you were introducing this oh my god I like to mix painful. it up. I like to okay. I like to change things up, and sometimes I, I am aiming for a little bit of a colonoscopy sound. So I'm glad you it's picked a, that up. I mean, without you know, without going under. Yeah, yeah, no. Like if I was feeling the whole thing, like if I you was have feeling, yet to have one, right? Yeah, God no. I'm I'm 36, and I wow. say that of course, and like when I go and get one, they'll be like, oh yeah, you should have had one every year for the yeah. last 10 years. There, it's people overrate how difficult it is it's a breeze no big deal well drinking the stuff's horrible oh it's no big deal it's so easy now you take some pills a little bit of drink it cleans you all out and you're done big deal yeah everyone just kind of whines about it a bit well i'm a whiner so that makes sense oh okay well you'll have to uh you'll have to you know chronicle <laughs> every moment you have to do it on video yeah yeah be yeah great. no well i think that yeah i mean you could stick a little camera on the end of the thing yeah, yeah, or um, or Twitter Spaces. Yeah, maybe. ooh, and you could explore MySpaces. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, it's, that was good. Yeah, that you was, like that? You like yeah, that? It was good. I, was I, good. I just take everyone behind the curtain. I informed Tracy I need to do a tight show. Tracy, it needs to be a tight show. And here we are, two minutes in, talking about colonoscopies. And that's why I did it, just because I, I like hearing the little ir- irritation in your voice. No, it's, it's, I know you're pissed off at me. Right no, now. I love it. I, I love every okay. bit of it. I love every okay. second of it. Um, well, here we are. Here we are. It's uh, we just got through fall camp. We made it through another another cycle. Isn't that amazing? Cheers for us. Um, UCLA <laughs> is heading into uh, <laughs> the football season next weekend, uh, kicking off against Bowling Green at like eleven thirty in the morning or some ungodly time, some time when football should not be played. Um, Saturday at the Rose Bowl. It's supposed to be, I think, uh, I think it's like, I think degrees. it's supposed to be like 150 degrees uh, surface yep. of the sun level. Um, yeah, the, for the for the 12,000 people in the stands, I think it's going to be a brutal, brutal afternoon. Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> if you people weren't UCLA fans before you heard Dave. You are diehard fans now, <laughs> right? And definitely going to that game. Oh, yeah. Keep going, Dave. Let's see how much more you can kill. Um, yeah. Within 45 minutes. Go. I can do it. Um, so uh, we, we've, we've wrapped up our viewing of, uh, of the fall camp period. Um, and uh, my takeaway – so here's the thing. I have hit the, the optimistic point of my preseason, Tracy. That's, that's where I wanted to get across today. Are you at – are you at the highest point, or have you come back down the other? I've come side back down a little bit. I was at a very high point earlier this week, which is when I should have written the season preview. But instead, I'm I'm kind of cresting a little bit, cresting downward. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would say I'm getting extremely optimistic about this defense, and I want to tell you why. Yeah, yeah, no, I because we have no evidence really to go on. So go ahead. Yeah, it's just watching those Murphys and watching uh, Leatu Latu. I mean, hit those, 
watch him just pad. hit those immobile hit pads pad. over and sled. over again. But okay. also, um, UCLA's coverage of its own team has been pretty good. Um, so seeing their clips from practice, which are like actual things from practice. Here's the thing. If you um, don't want coverage of your practices, that's fine. They post a lot. Like they post a lot of stuff from practice on their own channels. <laughs> it's like they're trying to yeah. cut us out actually more than anything. I remember back in the day when we first started this site, there was some kind of weird mindset from UCLA. They thought they could do it. Like whatever I was doing, they could do it. And they, they sold subscriptions and they tried to do the whole thing. Yeah. Sometimes they get competitive. I, it's like, uh, we're not going to let you do that. We're going to do it. And what basically happens, their job should be distributing news media about the team. And all, all you're doing is just, is just limiting that scope. No, exactly. That's all you do. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm watching those guys in these. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then I'm, you know, remembering back to the spring when we could actually watch practice of the Murphys and everything. And I'm just, I, I really do think it's not going to be like, um, you know, Georgia last year. No. But I think it could be like one of those fun-ish um, Durrell-era defenses. Like, I don't know, some combination of like 2006 and something else where, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of vanilla at times. But they're going to have an edge rush. Like, yeah, they're going to have I, a four-man rush for the first time I, in a long time. I, I, there was this great article that I just read yesterday. That really what it comes down to, kind of the whole season is... Are you referencing the article you wrote yesterday? Yes. Wow, Tracy. <laughs> I love it. I mean, but it's, it's kind of true. I mean, the offense is going to be good. Chip Kelly has put it in an offense and a scheme that, you know, depending on the talent, could be anywhere from top five nationally to top 30. The defense... I'm agreeing with you that there's enough talent there. If you just, if you look at the interior defensive line, just like uh, not too often in the last 20 years have they had this kind of size, talent, uh, some experience that they just haven't had it like they have, um, that, that they have now. Yeah. A middle linebacker like they have, those edge rushers that we and, – and then a solid secondary with some older guys that have been around, including a transfer, and then some younger talent that could be like NFL talent. So there's talent there. It just comes down – it comes down to the scheme. That's all it is. Our, is this scheme going to be decent enough to make this a top 30 defense in the country? Yeah, and I, the thing is with the scheme, I, I don't know that it's going to be great, which is why I would like tap the brakes on them getting too high into the top 30. But I think even if you're running like basically a vanilla 4-3 and 4-2-5, whatever you want to call it, um, which I'm anticipating it's going to be. like It's a 4-2-5. They'll, they'll come out with three linebackers for... Yeah, I mean, I, the first three games right now, they'll do it. For my purposes it. right now, I do not yeah. care about the back seven. Like, four, I don't two, care five. whatever shape that takes. But that front four, even if you're running some vanilla thing, if your guy on the edge can beat the tackle and say you have two of them at once that can do it, your scheme matters, yeah. But just those individuals, like those two guys, if you've got them then that changes a whole lot of stuff for the defense as a whole. Suddenly, vanilla yeah. looks a lot better. Suddenly, a lot of things look a lot better. 
And so that's why I'm getting curious optimistic is those edge guys I actually think are good. Like, I actually think the Murphys are good. I think Latu's good. And I think Carl Jones is good. And if you add those guys together, you've got, like, a pretty robust pass rush. But if they have to be – the thing is, there's there's teams out there, there's schemes out there that have talent. They're just – they're not very good. You Yes, you need, you need an effective player, but they've got to be put in a position where they can succeed and be effective. They have to. Now, whether that's just a vanilla, whatever it is, it just needs to be able to let the talent play well. There, We've seen schemes that have hindered the talent on the team. There, there have been times when we looked at the defenses at UCLA and go, wow, there was a lot of talent on that defense. And you look back and don't remember the defense being that good. So... I agree with, I think we're almost saying the same thing. I agree with what you're saying, but you, you need a decent, like this talent now could, would it have put the type of defense you want with Jerry Azanero's scheme? No, it wouldn't have worked, but that was, yes. that was a basic structure problem. Like I think the simple fact that they're moving to a four down front as their base. And yeah, Azanero was doing a little bit of that, but it was more the three, four stuff. Um, it suits the personnel they have better than what they had before. And that's not really, that's not really the, that's not really the way the, the defense is called. That's just like what structure is, um, you know, McGovern more comfortable with. Okay. I'll just still put that under the heading of scheme. Sure. Yeah. Well, Anyway, that's that's probably the source of my main optimism. And then the thing that you kind of threw in as an aside in that story has been kind of the overriding thing, and you just mentioned it again. The offense is going to be fine. Like, yeah, we have uh, – and this is the thing I was coming to when I was writing my preview yesterday was just we, we get we get a little caught up in the micro because the micro is important and it kind of macro effects. But they are like six or seven deep on the offensive line. Yeah, they could get, like, just catastrophically hit with injuries and lose, like, three guys, and they don't really have a third guy to replace them with. But are we really concerned that that starting offensive line can't be competent enough for Chip Kelly to have a top-20 offense? I'm not. No, exactly. I I think what we should be afraid of is is not even catastrophic, but a a decent amount of injury. There isn't There isn't depth on the offensive line. But if there's an average amount of injury during the season, I think the offensive line is going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of am is just, I think the offense is going to be, unless again, unless there's a pretty significant amount of bad luck, the offense is going to be fine to good, probably really good. Um, And defensively, I'm, eh, I, I can see a scenario where even without it being like, again, um, some intricate SEC level scheme still being decent enough, like still being top 50, top 40. Um, and that with this schedule, it's enough to talk you into 10 wins. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't see you on the downside. You seem like you're kind of peaking. Tracy, here. Tracy, I was at 11 and one earlier this week. <laughs> I'm, a, I, no. I'm, I'm coming down to 10 and two. Um, and, you know, what are we going to end up predicting? I'm co-signing whatever you do this year. I'm not oh, are you? Because one. last year, nah. remember, you were compelled to do your own season preview. No, nah, I'm co-signing. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not owning my own thing this year. Really? Because this way, this way, I can just blame you. 
What did you do last year? I don't remember. I think I, I did, did eight, the official I looked one, it up. I, I was eight, did a second I was, one. Yeah, I was eight and four. What was I? I might have gone six and six. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I had I had had a downswing heading into the season. So let's just let's just review here. Uh-huh. Last year you were six and six because you were you were kind of down on the program and where it was. Now you're look at your all sunshine and butterflies. I, I'm just right a now. pumper at heart. I'm a pumper. And so you're saying at, you're saying ten and two? Yeah, baby. Okay. I haven't decided yet, but I'm telling you right now, I'm leaning towards eight and four again, but I haven't decided. Yeah. So we did a, we did a bunch of crazy stuff because we did like a secondary prediction after they beat LSU too. Like we were all getting high and mighty and giddy. Um, so who knows, man? Predictions are a fool's game. I get high and mighty and giddy. We all do. We all Quite do. often. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's gonna, so the thing is, there's not going to be anything to get really high off of in those first three weeks. Um, or get, or giddy. Or really giddy. I mean, yeah, sure, you get giddy. But, like, you're not going to be able to really convince yourself that things are different from what you suspected preseason based on these first three games. Because it's – I mean, I, I, I've, I've hit it enough, but it's the worst schedule UCLA has pretty much ever had. Um, Bowling Green, South Alabama, and Alabama State um, – it's uh, it's the source of the. I mean, obviously the Pac-12 is down and has been for many years, so that's part of the week schedule. But that non-conference schedule. I mean, if they're not, if they don't have something like a nine-touchdown total differential between them and those three teams after this slate, something will have gone wrong. That's all what this is about. Those first three games. <laughs> it's it's whether something goes wrong. Yeah, they they. <laughs> Th- th- these should be all comfortable blowouts, and if they're we, if they're not, did, that's concerning. Didn't someone predict like UCLA is going to go five five and zero? Well, <laughs> didn't that's we the just thing. read that. Yeah, you know, but, yeah, but, yeah, but they that's should. going out on a limb. Yeah, it's not even it's not even like that's that's the baseline. Like if you look at it, the schedule it's Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, all at home, mind you, and then it's UCLA at Colorado. Colorado should be terrible this year. Like very, very, very probably bad. the worst. Would you say probably the worst team in the conference? It's Colorado or Stanford for me. Um, oh, okay. Let's just go with Colorado. Yeah, Col- because you have your Stanford grudge, <laughs> which kind of Colorado clouds your judgment. I've got Colorado Shaw. at one and eleven. This year. they're going to be really bad. Him. You secretly are in love. You have pictures of them, right? Okay. So, and then it's UCLA against Washington at home, and. Washington's got some turnover. They have a new quarterback. Um, it's going to be Kalen DeBoer, who, if you remember, to last year, he was leading Fresno State, which knocked off UCLA after the LSU game. But it's a little bit different deal. Washington was 4-8 and eight last year. They've, they're kind of rebuilding a little bit. So, And that's a Friday night game at the Rose Bowl. So Washington is becoming the team kind of right now. You know, there's always like these little favorites people get going on things. Certainty at Washington, I kind of sense is people are starting to jump on a little bit of a mini bandwagon yeah. on Washington right now. But UCLA winning that game, they're five and zero, probably ranked going into the home game against Utah. Yeah, and that'll be, uh, you know, that'll be the big clash. That'll be the one that determines whether UCLA is, you know, for real, real. Um, and I think even like a, a very competitive close loss in that game would still indicate that UCLA is somewhat for real. Um, but, I'm saying they need to go. They need one win between Utah and at Oregon. Yeah, I think for this one of those to be a good season, for it to, they need a win. Yeah, for it to be sustained, for it to not feel 
like just the continuation of last year. And even to get to nine and three, because if you'd predict three losses, if you're just looking, you know, anyone can predict a loss against Utah, Oregon, and USC. But I think to get to nine and three, they need to win one of those games, uh, Utah or Oregon, because there is going to be another slip up. Yeah, and it's going to be against here. Cal. So definitely get one of those wins against Utah or Oregon because you're going to uh, lose to Cal. I, I think. I think Stanford's going to be more competitive than you might think. Stanford is going to go two and ten this year. That'd be. So... They're they're going to be so bad, dude. He still will never come close to ever getting fired. He will still never come close to firing a coordinator, dude. the The <laughs> same two coordinators that have led that like train wreck of a school for the last three years are still there. <laughs> He's not making any changes. If you ever were not going to work for bro you should go do the stanford site yeah i think with david shaw because david shaw is never going to be fired so i mean for a course of like 10 years with david shaw being the coach so i I would just so everyone has some context i'm not just like hating in a vacuum here stanford's team last year was three and nine you're like oh three and nine that's not so bad srs had as negative 5.79 that was its points relative to an average team so they would lose to an average team by about six points that's pretty bad for a power five school uh that's the worst stanford team since 2006 when they went one and 11 under walt harris that was the season that brought them jim harbaugh david shaw has gone full circle he has gone from the height of the post harbaugh um you know nearly making a playoff run to just as bad as walt harris that's what's happened at stanford they're bad. And you know what? It, it is, it might be a little bit different, but it still is the same version of what we've seen so much of. Coach becomes pretty successful and then just starts mailing it in, starts going home at five o'clock every night. He's, um, had, he's had progressively worse years every single year since 2015. Yeah. Like if you go by the advanced stats, it's yeah. every single year it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So going, he would have to reverse that trend for them not to be two and ten or one and eleven this year. I'll tell you this though. So he had kind of a reputation in the last couple of years of kind of cruising and recruiting, right? Really not putting that much effort into it. Stanford has found a renewed inspiration in recruiting they're doing pretty well in the high school 2023 class now mind you they have to do well in the high school class because they can't recruit transfers yeah but give him a little no give him a little credit he's beaten ucla i mean straight up this you could go down i will go down stanford's commitment there are at least one two three, four, five guys that they just straight out beat UCLA in getting. Well, bully for Stanford. They're going to go 2-10 and 10 this year. Okay. Um, well, that's that's pretty amazing. Could UCLA recruit at, after 3-9 and nine and get – I mean, they're at rank 29th right now. No, UCLA well, would be ranked 84th. UCLA under Chip Kelly, no. They couldn't do that after 9-3. and three. Uh, yeah. UCLA with a real coach? I don't know. We'll see. Well, <laughs> they're going to go 10 and 2. Oh, so your scenario is they go 10 and 2 and Chip Kelly leaves. Maybe. Who okay. knows? 
I'm just trying to I'm just trying to mesh everything together in you know a world perspective that makes sense. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Oh, I mean, in your world. Yeah. I mean, good luck with that. Like I just said, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's uh, that's a football football thing. Um, I want to touch on basketball too, Tracy. Are you ready to touch on basketball? Let's touch it. You ready to touch it? Um, Big time target. No. Big time target. Four star uh, power forward Devin Williams is announcing his commitment uh, to a school, an unknown school, on Sunday. Yes. Uh, the expectation um, is that, well, he has said basically that it's between USC and UCLA. Uh, yes. What's, what's, what's the scoop? Well, the scoop, I mean, if you are on Bro, you under, have been reading the forum that it, it's looking like it's UCLA now. So he's, um, gonna, he's going to be the one who breaks through. He's the one who will start gonna the class. He's going to be the flag bearer of, of that class. He's going to stick that flag in the ground and say, I'm, I'm the first Bruin. Come on in. Hop on the bandwagon. He is, he is, uh, he is landing on the beachhead. Yeah. yeah. Pretty interesting recruitment, too, because um, UCLA hadn't, did not offer him until June. Uh, a significant development was when he changed AAU teams and went to go play for uh, the Compton Magic, which we all know has connections to the UCLA program in many different ways. That kind of got UCLA uh, opening eyes. He, he's an interesting prospect. He is a lot about upside. You could see with some development that he'd be a great college player, but if he doesn't develop like strength and size bulk i mean he must weigh he's 610 and he must weigh 195 yeah maybe i'd be Um, be surprised if he was actually 200 yeah so um then as soon as ucla offered he took an official visit to sc the feeling was that he was sc's to lose uh this was in mid-june i think and then by Probably late July, early August, the, the momentum had turned that it was going that it was UCLA, uh, and that his official visit August sixteenth would just seal the deal. Yeah, well, coming out of that official visit, there was some buzz, a legitimate buzz about USC, and now in the last maybe several days, it's the pendulum has swung back to UCLA. So very interesting re- recruitment. Uh, give here's the thing. You got to give, I know this for a fact. This is, we've talked about this before. Mick Cronin will go to recruits and give it to them straight. He doesn't blow smoke up their skirt, um, which is an interesting visualization. Um, He says, this is who you are. This is where you have a lot of potential, but this is what you're going to need to do. And I am going to get you there. We're going to work hard. It's going to be tough and it's going to be this. And it's pretty much like a, a self-determining uh, act in recruiting. If the, There have been plenty of recruits. I, I know this. I've heard this, seen this, where they go, yeah, that's not for me. And they go someplace else. And then if the kid says, yes, that is for me, he becomes a Mick Cronin player because he decided he wants to play for Mick Cronin. You know what also helped too? Corona Centennial, which is now, I'll go out on a limb and say it's it's the best high school team in California for the last several couple of years at least. 
their coach is a hard ass and really pushes his players. So uh, Devin Williams is coming from a program where he's used to a, a very demanding coach. So I think that might have helped the recruitment too. But yeah, it looks like he might be UCLA's first commitment in 2023. Then we got, you know, how well we're always going to have Andre Strakovich threatening to commit to UCLA. I mean, we're going to be four hope, years yeah, from I now. We're still continues. going to be waiting. For I hope it. he. I hope he reclassifies to later years, <laughs> just so we can continue with this. Yeah. When and then there's Brandon Williams. Visit, was it in 2020? What's that? When did he officially visit UCLA? Was it in 2020? <laughs> it does. It, it's funny. It does feel like a very long. When you have those early official visits, those junior class, they feel like even if they were in June, they feel like it was a long time ago. Um, Brandon Williams took his official visit. They his visit with Devin Williams overlapped for one day. They might have. They were like ships passing in the night. Um, uh, really, uh, I think this is almost a first. He himself revealed that it was down between UCLA and he put out some social media posts that says everybody knows it's between UCLA and St. John's, which was funny because not everyone did know that. But thank you. We appreciate it. Is that, he Brandon. just a big Steve Lavin guy? Like does he is he just following his career? <laughs> yes. Yes. No. I bet he does not know who Steve Lavin is. This is a sixteen year old kid. He's still sixteen. And a lot, another big development guy. He's changed a lot physically in the last year. Um, he used to be a power forward. Now he's definitely a combo forward. He can face the basket, handle the ball. Athleticism has improved immensely. He's slimmed down. He would be a great addition. These are three to four year guys. Um, so I don't know if there's a uh, any kind of time frame on when he's going to commit, but he said it's between UCLA and St. John's. It will literally be whether he decides he wants to stay close to home or leave. I've heard that there might be some sentiment that he wants to get, his family wants him out of the New York area. So might be, you know, positive thing. UCLA might get the Williams twins well, or right, so we maybe got, triplets. There's a, there's a B and a D Williams. What about a C Williams? You know, that's a, it's a strange, and we're talking, we're talking about Cody Williams. It's a, it's a bit of a strange recruitment. Um, a really nice kid from what I hear, but, yeah, uh, you know, very, I wouldn't say quirky, but goes by his own, you know, drummer beat. Um, I'm right now, I, I most recently heard that LSU might have an edge for him. Uh, but UCLA right now, as of now, is going to get the last official visit in October. It'll be interesting to see if Stojakovic does verbally commit between now and when uh cody williams's planned visit is in october how cody williams feels about that if he looks at um I, I, let's say brandon williams pops before that too if he looks at two guys that were committed and says yeah that's too crowded for me yeah. now if they don't get either one of those guys you know that could really help with cody williams and i'm not saying they couldn't get all three they absolutely could but you know, we've been trying to tell you what recruiting's like for a long time, and kids look at, you know, how crowded it is at their general position. Stojakovic is now a composite five star on two four seven sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny too because this summer I saw him. Oh God, I don't know, probably seven times. Uh, I saw him play 
I saw him play well one time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the Stoyakovich curse. Absolute curse. Um, yeah. So if he does come to UCLA, you guys are all going to have to pay me not to go to the game. That's, that's awesome. Um, uh, Dennis Evans has dropped off a little bit. He's now just the 27th player nationally. Yeah. God bless Dennis Evans. Seems like a really nice kid. Um, I, I just, I, I, I think he's been over. I mean, I mean, I know what we're talking about. He's not a UCLA recruit, but just a little bit overrated. Yeah, I just was drawing. Yeah. I was going through the composite rankings because I never. I trust our two four seven guys. I never look at the composite. Now I'm now I'm doing it. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the story with 2023 recruiting. Um, so Devin Williams, uh, hopefully, good news on Sunday, and uh, then we'll wait and see on some of these other guys. Um, Tracy, Dave, anything new with 2022? We put that class to bed. Why did we, 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 we wanted to put that one, that thing to bed. Is it to bed yet? Um, it's not, it's, it might be in his, in its PJs. It's wearing its, its night it clothes and, and holding, and holding a candle and walking around the stairs in the dark. That's yeah. Kind of in your worst vision of like Scrooge, yes. I guess. Yes. That's kind of what you were thinking, right? But not quite in the like honk, honk, shoo, like a sleep thing. I have no idea what that is. Well, that's What's like a Hong cartoonish uh, uh, snoozing. Like, oh, honk, honk. oh, got it, got it, got it. You know, and then the Z's are coming out of your mouth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got it, got it. While, while you're um, wearing your nightcap, the one with the little bell on it, the little ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that went off in a weird uh, Did we do drugs before this? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm at the end of a long I day, we, Tracy. We might have. Um, <laughs> There is a possibility UCLA could add to its 2022 class. Uh, I've already revealed this. Uh, it, it would be like a power forward type, uh, an international player. Uh, You've grown. I'm not You're going not to a foreign player anymore. You told me to. I know. You, you, you went all. Um, I went all. PC I went all PC on woke on you. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I like it when you go wokey on me. Yeah, I know you do. Um, yeah, that could be. Uh, I'm probably fifty-fifty at this point. Um, find out within a couple of weeks. That's all I can say at this moment, or I will be killed. He'll be murdered, and we don't want that. We like Tracy. Um, well, that'll be interesting. So, um, as it stands right now, I am, I am, I, I am fully content with the eleven they have for this year. Uh, getting another guy actually just helps me for 2023. Like it helps me like conceive of the situation a little bit easier for 2023. And he, you know me, I'm always obsessed with roster uh, management, class balance, getting a couple more guys in 2022. So you're not bringing in eight in 2023. That's great. I love that. Uh, obsession implies though, Dave, that you're elevating the importance of it. And I don't think you are. I, I think, proper we've you know sitting back from our little perch here at bro where we think we know everything um i'd say i'd say personnel management was maybe the downfall of quite a few little uh coaches one might watched. one might argue every single one every every single probably that and hiring friends and but. and also being crazy and <laughs> we're just adding and adding to the laundry. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is sometimes, and this just hasn't been Chip Kelly, it sometimes has been mind-numbing. Do are, are are they looking at their own depth chart? Do you, re- do you, do you remember they the have two linebackers? Two. Do you remember the Mazzonis with quarterback recruiting? Oh yeah, it was beautiful. Just we wanted to just bash our heads into a wall. If anyone ever wants to, um, if they know what the Mazzonis were doing in quarterback recruiting, especially those first like three years, if you can get back to us on that, that would be good. Like getting Josh Rosen, that was good. But like, what was going on with the Eddie Prince thing? Why? What about T.J. Millward? Why? Ashanti oh. Wollard. Wow, wow. You, I am so knocked out and pressed. I want to know the entire story. I want to know exactly what was going on. Were these guys, were these guys whose, like, coaches had all purchased Noel Mazzoni's offense on the internet? Like, was he trying You're to get You're saying them? that facetiously. A lot of it, as I've always tried to tell you about coaches and recruiting, they all, most of them, 90-something percent of them, don't want to do it. So if someone calls them up or there's a friend of a friend who says, I got this kid and they will do everything they can to convince themselves that this guy is a high level recruit. And I can take anyone, like we've never seen this before. I can take anyone and I'm such a good coach. I can turn them into it. I don't need to waste all that time going after some crazy kid who wants money and all this stuff. I, I can just take any three-star and with my talent, I, as a coach, I can turn them into, you know, an all-league player. I mean, there's so much convincing going on here. Yeah. That that was a, you know, it's all coming back to me. It's that all was a hu- That was a huge element. But the real thing was that there were times when they did not have very many guys on the depth chart and they didn't recruit. I, I like that I was giving you background vocals of Celine Dion and it didn't disrupt you for a single minute. I don't. I don't. People are going to hate me for this, but I'm just, you know, Celine Dion is dead to me. Wow. Yeah. I'm not a Celine Dion fan. Well, I was, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that. That's fine. Really? Uh, because yeah. you, if yours just randomly start singing a, okay, I'm a I singer, you... man. I, I sing it all. I, I'll, I've got. Do you? So I don't, I, I no longer, like I have small children, so I no longer have like a short term memory that works, but every song. Wait, wait, wait. Remember what you're about to say. You just pulled out two, two old quarterback that I completely yeah, short forgot. Term. That was like ten years ago, dude. Thought, okay, we're not. What do you mean short term? As of this, like morning? I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know what I had for dinner last night. Like I don't know. Who knows? But oh, okay. if you want me to sing you a Celine Dion song from 25 years ago that I didn't really like in the first place, yeah, I can do that. When you were 12. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, gosh, this is this is so fun. I'm just gonna name an artist. Wow, that's putting me on the spot. Uh, oh, you know what? Keep talking. I'm just gonna. Uh, you're too prepared. I'm just gonna throw it out at you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if my uh, if my my bark is as good as my bite. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, we've uh, we've. We've actually exhausted nearly everything I wanted to discuss today, so I'm just vamping now while Tracy. Um, there's there's nothing else for us to really. There's nothing else talk to about? talk about. We got nothing huh. else. Huh. We're juiced. I'm really? juiced. I'm I'm I've borne no fruit. There is it's gone. Huh. Okay. I'm a dried um, out husk. I'm pruned. 
I, we got to talk about a little bit more. These, you know, our our people out there pay good money. Those ten zops. Those ten zops. Um, I like talking about basketball. I know you do. I know you do. I know you love talking about so, basketball. So, okay, Mr. Personnel Management Guy. Um, talk. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, the addition of Abramo. Zonka, which, by the way, he's been doing very well in practice, from what I hear. They've been, they, uh, from what I heard, they kind of don't want to get. It's been very impressive, and they don't want to get too ahead of themselves. But they've been very impressed. Um, how he fits in, and how a potential power forward would fit in. Yeah. So with Zonka, I mean, I think he's going to come in and play basically Peyton Watson's role from last year if he's able to play this year, which is plenty. Um, that'd be like 12 minutes a game. I think that's what they need out of him. Uh, a power forward is trickier for me because um, you're not going to take minutes away from Jaime Jaquez, um, and he's going to be your four. Um, so it's competing with Jalen Clark for the backup four minutes. Um, and that's where I just, you don't really, the way to think about UCLA's offense and the way to think about most college offenses is they're going to be four out. Jaime Hawkes is a college four. He's he's a college four. S slam it into your skull with a nail. Like, it is. He is a college four. He's not a three. He's a college four. Um, and with that, I think any four that's coming in is a backup this year, a deep backup this year, who's around for next year. That's the main priority with that. Well, I think that's what, uh, yeah. Uh, this kid, whoever it is, has to know he's not going to come in and take Jaime Hawkes's minutes. No, and, and but also not going to take Jalen Clark's minutes. Um, right. This person is is basically there to develop in year one, and I think that's good. And I think if they can get the right fit for that, that's awesome. Um, because again, for the roster management reasons, but I don't, I don't think there's any addition for this year that I would necessarily want playing a lot this year. Like I don't yeah. think there's anyone else that you say oh, wow, this is a real missing piece. I think if you could get a little bit more shooting, but that's not... I, I don't want a shooter to take away Jalen Clark's minutes. I want a shooter who can come in for 10 minutes a game like David Singleton will and be able to make some shots, but I, I, I don't really want to change the complexion of what I perceive to be the starting lineup. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think what I'm... I'm not even... I'm talking about using this year, you get 7 to 10 minutes maybe... Yeah, exactly. ...just to get himself... Uh, immersed in college in in Mick Cronin's program get up to speed and get ready for 2023 2024 yeah so yeah and i think that'll be a that'll be a good um that that would be kind of the ideal um just there, somebody that yeah. they can add to the roster for next year there's a great question on the form i don't know if you saw it someone said and because it was so appropriate tracy like what's up with these international players i mean <laughs> Why are they just able to be gotten right now? And it's hard. I tried to answer. I don't know if I did it uh, fully it, because it's really hard to describe what the situation is with international players. Uh, they grow up in their country and they start playing basketball and it's a whole gray area between there. They play a lot of them play in academies since they were young. 
They grow up, they play on semi-pro teams. They get bought. It's more like soccer. If you know the soccer model at all, they get bought by this team. They, they're, they're lent from this one team to this other team. Um, they've been a lot, you know, obviously they've gone to school, but there are a handful of really high-end international players that most college programs know about. But then there are a ton that I think are high major players that a lot of college coaches don't know about. And you would only know about them in detail is if you had an assistant coach who does it, if this is his calling card. And that's Ivo Samovich, UCLA's new assistant coach. Uh, I mean, he just spent at least a week in Macedonia at a U16 tournament, I think it was. He's got Macedonia's near where he was born, right? I don't, what other, I'd love to know what other assistant coaches in the country went to that tournament. For him, that's like in his backyard, right? Mm -hmm. He knows every, he goes in there and everyone goes, Evo, you know, everyone. I was there, I saw it. No, I wasn't there. Um, So he knows all of these guys, he knows. So now you need a coach who's able to go to these areas, know these kids, know their handlers, know the people who are controlling their careers first. And then a lot of these kids just keep moving up through the ranks and they know about college basketball, but they've never had, they need someone to come in and say, hey, we're really interested in you. Let me look at, do you have a transcript? Let me look at your paperwork for all these teams you played to sort through it in terms of how they could get into an American college. And most of them just don't have that. Even their handlers have no idea how to do that. So there are plenty of, I, of it's, we've always said UCLA should be out there recruiting internationally. Um, and just because of UCLA's reputation, but I think there's a ton of high major players out there internationally that could conceivably play in the United States, and they they literally just don't know how to do it. Um, Coach Simovich does. Simovich, sorry. Um, so that's a huge, a huge advantage. So to, I, I, I don't know if I even answered the question well, but there's so many different elements that go into whether a kid can play in college and you just need a lot, you need a coach who knows what he's doing to right. make that happen. Right. Um, so at any given time, you know, uh, Zonka is 20 years old, right? But he's, he's a freshman. So you've got to be able to get all of those documents, get all of the, the the details and put it all together in a package for this kid so he can play in college, in American college. Uh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I got nothing for Nicki Minaj. Uh, Mariah Carey. Um, sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. When I close my eyes, you've already changed me. 
You like that? that was, I really, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, you should. Very, very much. All right, with that, we got to go. You should go on The Voice. Yeah, I should. With the way you look, with your beard and your hair, and then when they all love you and they the chairs turn around. Yeah, that'd be fun. With that voice, with that falsetto voice. I think would, it'd be great. All right, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online. We'll talk to you again next time. See y'all.